This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. The FIFA Women's World Cup Australia New Zealand 2023 is finally here. La Copa es nuestra. Es nuestra. La Copa Mundial Femenina de la FIFA 2023 es nuestra ahora. Joining us to talk about the big event is the entertaining Telemundo Deportes crew. Legendary announcer Andres Cantor is back on the show. Veteran reporter and host Ana Jorka and EVP of Sports Eli Velazquez. Great to have you on the show. Morning, Doug. Nice being back on your show. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here today. Let's start with you, Eli. What a commitment Telemundo Deportes has to the World Cup now, both on the men's and women's side. This is real exciting stuff with two countries now being involved in the women's for 2023, Australia and New Zealand. What does World Cup soccer or World Cup football mean to Telemundo Deportes? Uh, it means everything. I think it was one of our taglines, actually, right? Where we would say, uh, el mundial lo es todo, right? The World Cup is everything. Um, and it's sincerely the way we feel about it. Um, we love the sport. We love these tournaments. And we love the way it elicits national pride, right? Because of the fact that these national teams are playing on the highest stage to prove themselves in front of the public and the audiences that love to follow them and admire and are inspired by them. And so for us, we felt that in order to ensure that the fandom that we serve are engaged and feeling the same level of excitement uh, and enthusiasm as the players and the fans that follow, we wanted to make sure that our coverage was up to the same level and the same standard of world-class, uh, best-in-class uh, execution. You use the word follow, and the two people next to you have an incredible following. And for different reasons, because of the different roles they play with Telemundo Deportes. Andres, for you, everybody knows the Hall of Fame announcer. You are so ingrained in football, not only, right, not only for Telemundo Deportes, but NBC Universal. And you have become the voice that everybody wants to listen to calling the play-by-play -play action. And I know we spoke about this before, but this means the world to you, doesn't it? It does, Doug. <clears throat> always very generous with your comments about myself. Uh, I'm just looking forward to this FIFA Women's World Cup as much uh, as I was for the Men's World Cup. The women's game has grown tremendously. Uh, we're going to have the first World Cup with 32 nations involved, like you said, in two countries, more Latin American teams than ever. And the story behind the U.S. women's national team looking for the three-peat. Uh, so those are nice storylines. Uh, I think we're going to have lots of fun with an unprecedented coverage on our networks for the first time in Hispanic television history. We will air all matches of the FIFA Women's World Cup on linear television. So that is a big, big uh, step forward for the women's game. Anna, for you, uh, we spoke just briefly before we started this interview. Obviously, you are from Honduras and never really played the game much. You said you weren't very good at soccer, but you've grown to love this sport. Tell us why. You're so nice. I said I suck at it. <laughs> I am so bad at it. <laughs> 
I just, I, I just love it. I, I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm from Honduras, so it's, it's part of our culture, you know, it's in every corner in my country, there's a, a bunch of people uh, playing or, or watching, watching it. Like, since I can remember, uh, my brothers were watching Manchester United or Juventus, you know, back in, in, in those days. And, and I was like, what, what is it all about? And then um, during the 1998 World Cup, I started following more and, and I just fell in love with it, honestly, but I never played it. And maybe that's why I talk about it because I know how impressive they are. As I mentioned, you have a tremendous following, you know, on Telemundo Deportes and, and on social media and everywhere you go because you're so engaging, right? You're so engaging, you're so fun, and you, you enjoy getting to know people. And I, I think that one of the interviews that I caught, uh, it was a real brief one though, you had uh, one of the players on the US women's team that was uh, one of your favorites. And I believe that is uh, Kristen, is it not? Kristen's one of your favorites? Oh, Kristen Press. Yes, yes. I was so sad when she got injured because I I think she's she's been great since a, a long a long time ago. And I remember that when when she met I don't I don't know if you remember when she missed that KK in the Olympics in 2016. I was devastated because I knew how important it was for her. And then she got her you know revenge and she came back and she was doing so so good. And then she got injured. Uh, I don't think she's going to make it for this uh, World Cup, but maybe we can see her during the Olympics, and it's going to be her big comeback. But the U.S. still has plenty of great players on the squad. Oh, of course, yeah. Alex Morgan. What are your thoughts about Alex Morgan, Anna? I don't think she's doing that great, um, honestly. I mean, with her club, she started doing good. I mean, the first uh, game of the season in the National Women's Soccer League, she scored. But I don't know if with the team, she's not as fast as she used to be. Of course, she's, I mean, she had a baby. It, it took her time to come back. I mean, there's five moms in the, in the, in the U.S. team. It's, it's amazing. And, and she's still important because of, you know, the experience she has. But, I mean, the, the team is going through a transition. You know, now we see Sophie Smith. I don't know, like so, so many good players. I mean, they have um, a good, like, a, how do you say, come on, the, the depth of the, the team. But I don't know. I think she's, maybe this is going to be her last uh, World Cup, but she always proves you wrong. I mean, she, we thought about, we thought that about her. Uh, back in 2019, and then she scored a lot of goals and she ended up winning the uh, Golden Boot. Eli, does it matter who gets to the championship game in this tournament? Does it really matter to the network? Because you're universal, right? You're all over the place. So you have people from all over the world tuning in, or is it something that you're rooting for? You know you got to have these two teams. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think in general, um, I'm a big believer that there's a core fan base, right, for international football, for these, you know, seminal events that take place every four years, right, a World Cup. And so I think that there will be interest until the end of the tournament, no matter what. That being said, the other thing that I would call out is that particular with the demographic that we serve, 
We've seen in the past how when your particular national team bows out of the tournament, you then latch on to the next team that perhaps is relevant to the community that you live in, right? Latin America. So if Panama gets out early of the, of the tournament, they're probably going to start rooting for, let's say, Costa Rica. And if Costa Rica's out, they might latch on to, you know, USA or Argentina. So I think there's this, you know, there's this depth of appreciation for the level of play and what all of these women and men, when it's the Men's World Cup, go through to get to this moment in their careers that helps them to follow the tournament all the way through to the end. Now, that being said, and this is the last point I'll make on it, we, we would love to see, I'm a storyteller, natural storyteller, so I, I would love to see the U.S. national team 3 P. Uh, I'm going to go there and say it, um, because I think that storyline in and of itself will be a compelling thread to follow throughout the tournament. Or one of the Latin American countries to come to the fore and demonstrate that they can play at that same level, I think would be a big step forward for the women's game, as we've seen that the recent development in Latin America for the women's game is still in its infancy, if you will, compared to the other countries in Europe and, and in the U.S. Andres cried, I understand, when <laughs> Argentina won the uh, Men's World Cup. Now, I know that you have said both. You know, Argentina and the U.S. are your teams now because you spent a lot of time in the United States uh, for many years. Eli mentioned also the word stories and storytelling. And if you go and listen to the stories of many of these players, their background stories, it's amazing. When you hear uh, Alyssa Nair talk about family being so important to her and and Adriana French, who came from a, a single mother's home, which was built by Habitat for Humanity. And she called her mom when she made the team and said, mom, we've done it. You've, you've given me you know, this opportunity. It is these stories, Andres, that really makes the World Cup, as well as all everybody rooting for their own country, that it is the stories behind these players that are told so well by you know, your network and others. Definitely, um, especially when players are not that well known and, and not uh, making any distinctions here, because in the men's World Cup there were many up and young and rising stars from the Argentinian World Cup winning team, for example, that nobody knew, uh, and you had to tell the story of the, the same story of sacrifice uh, that every you know athlete pretty much goes through because to be a top-notch uh, world superstar in whatever sport you play, you and your family have to sacrifice a lot. And those are the stories that resonate with the people that are watching and might not know the athlete like it happens in the Olympics. Why do we get glued, you know, at 10 p.m. at night to watch, you know, a swimmer we only hear about once every four years because NBC is so good at telling us their life stories. And that is what I believe we accomplished in 2022 beyond the, you know, the, the football, soccer, drama on the field. Uh, the Telemundo Deportes team was able in their studio shows to, to showcase, you know, the, the lives of the athletes we were watching when the ball, when the, the whistle was blown. So, um, I think we're going to try to do the same here, both with the U.S. women's national team and the Latin American teams for, you know, our fan base. So, yeah, that, that is the beauty of these international tournaments, that you're able to tell 
the stories behind the players that played. Honor Yorka, you you have the opportunity to be with football royalty. Sitting right next to you is one of the most legendary people in the game. And we're not talking Eli, even though he's great, right? <laughs> we're, we're talking Andre. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you better recognize Eli, right? Because he's calling the shots, right? All right. I get it, Doug. I, I, I agree with you. He signed my checks, so. <laughs> you have to be very nice to him. But what has, what you know, what have you learned from Andres, you know, because you're you're a star in your own right, but in a different way. What have you learned from this man who everybody associates with the game of soccer or football? I'm drinking water because I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm a woman at the end of the day, right? Um, I was just telling him, you have no idea what you've done for so many. Like you open doors, like you paved the way for me to be here sitting next to you it's such such an honor it's i'm so blessed and he i i think i told you before back in 2018 it was my first world cup i mean i did uh canada 2015 i did the olympics uh, uh, i did the confederations cup in 2017 but it was just you know like it seems like i've done a lot but i'm just getting started and in 2018 i remember one day i was exhausted exhausted and I was like this, and he threw, I don't know how, he was looking at me. He was in another city. I was in Moscow, um, and we were, before going on air for a pregame, and he goes, hey, hey. And I'm like, who is he talking to? And he goes, Anna, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, why? You're so serious. You're so like, down. And I was having a hard time. Because, you know, it was my first World Cup. I was the new one there. I was the only woman in, on, on set. And I was pregnant. So he was like, hey, you're always smiling. Come on. Get up. Just forget about everything. This is the World Cup. You're not, you're not, you're not um, cold. You're not hot. You're not tired. You are at the World Cup. Come on. You're always up. And that, that was like a switch to me. It was like literally changed my mind completely. And then in 2019, that day before we started the Women's World Cup, it was like, it was kind of like a huge responsibility. I was the main host and he, he came to me and he goes, come here, I need to talk to you. And he grabbed me aside from everyone else and he said, this is your World Cup. You see, <laughs> and, and that's when Eli got out the pen and said, "Oh, I'm going to have to pay her more now because everybody's going to love her." <laughs> Doug, 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 I, I, all kidding aside, if I could add to that that question you asked, um, even though it wasn't directed at me. You know, I've worked with Andres now for you know almost thirty years. Uh, I think it might actually be thirty years. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what a lot of your your listeners probably don't know. I mean, beyond what he knows about the game, the professionalism, and the passion with which he tackles this job on every opportunity he gets to hit the air. He's also a relentless pursuer of excellence behind the scenes as well. So he's our biggest critic, but critic in the best sense, right? Because he wants us to drive for excellence because that's what he expects. He takes a player's mentality into all that he does. And so in that sense, 
I too have benefited, even though I'm one person removed from sitting next to the legend. I have benefited in my 30 years from his knowledge, his professionalism, his skills. We haven't always agreed, but I've always appreciated every single ounce of wisdom or suggestion he provides to this group. So he does much more than, you know, call matches on air. He's a real big presence for the entire department off the air as well. Yeah, if, if, I can, if I can thank both Anna and Eli, but uh, just a worldwide exclusive for your show, that is that's that is not the tone of his responses to my emails. <laughs> <laughs> when when I say we should do things differently, but I thank you anyway. But you know, I gotta keep you gotta keep you, I gotta keep your feet on the ground, man. No, but you know, like he every time every time someone wants to talk about it, he tries to like switch the conversation. <laughs> And honestly, he, he is a great leader and if he even gets on social media and if he sees something that he's, he's like not much, he doesn't like it that much, goes, hey, try not to do this or try to, mm, that can be, you know, how do you say, malinterpretado. Well, a, a misinterpretation. Yeah, like try to remember, blah, blah, like, you know, like, like, a, like an older brother would do. So I really appreciate it. And I was just telling him that. And I was just asking him for tips to go from one city to another because I've <laughs> never done that before. And, and for this World Cup, we're going to be roaming from Australia and New Zealand. And, and, and it's going to be a, a different challenge for me as a host because usually the play-by-plays are the ones doing that. So he was telling me that, yeah, yeah, you can't bring four suitcases. It's just a carry-on and <laughs> a backpack. But see, that says something about you. You realize, you know, that even though you are a fixture now as part of this team, we all can learn from legends, right? We all can 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 be better at our craft and and the fact that you reach out for that help says a lot a lot about you eli there's a lot of preparation that goes into this goodness gracious first of all there's two countries involved and second of all you have 32 teams and you have all this uh, prep how do you put it all together how does that work uh so you know the one great aspect of our association with fifa is that we we know we have a uh, a, a period of time with with um, with major events on a calendar, right? And so what we try to do is we try to work on them in parallel. So, for example, when we were working specifically with our focus on Qatar, we were already having discussions and we were already starting to think about logistically how we would handle the Women's World Cup this summer. Just like right now, as we're finalizing the Women's World Cup plans um, and speaking with you today, we're also having discussions internally around how we're going to tackle 2026. So I'd like for your listeners to understand that this is, you know, multiple years of preparation uh, for these coverages. Um, we approach it from two avenues. The, the main avenue is to figure out first and foremost, you know, the, the storytelling we want to do and how we want to do it, because we feel like if we can grab, you know, the, the, the emotional connection or the engagement uh, that the fans will need to connect with the, with the content, then that's half the battle, right? And then we look at the logistics and, and how are we going to actually, you know, mobilize these fine talent from country to country and which matches are they going to follow, right, during the course of that path to the final. Um, and it takes, and I know this sounds cliche, but I'm going to say it, it does take a village. There's a wealth of opinions in a room. I'm, I'm very honored and blessed to, to manage a, a, a team 
that I've been working with as well for over two decades. So, you know, our creative process is already sort of a reflex for the for the five of us. And so that's how we, we sort of, you know, crack the case, if you will, on how best to approach these things. And then the third um, aspect of that thought process is what's trending. How is it that people are consuming content today? And how is it that they're engaging with content? And we always come back to the same thing, Doug. We have to make sure it's meaningful, it's memorable, and that it has an impact in their desire, right, to consume the content and perhaps be inspired by it. So that's that's those are like our guide rails for when we then create the framework for the coverage. So it's not easy, but it's a joy to work on. You do it so well because people in knowing that that's what they're going to get. And when they have Andres Cantor giving them energy and excitement about this sport, it just starts to build. Montiel! Montiel! So coming off what was one of the most unbelievable championship games for the men, it's kind of hard to to think that the women's championship game could even top it. But for you, it doesn't matter. You love this sport and you give us the sense of why we should be watching it. I want to know what has been the most touching or passionate response you've got from a fan or a viewer since the Men's World Cup that maybe has touched you and say, yeah, I know I'm a Hall of Famer, but, you know, I still have feelings and I still love hearing from my fans. Dolph, the amount of messages that moved me to tears that the fans put on my social media uh, were just incredible. Many said that I transported them back to Argentina, those Argentines, Many that were not Argentines felt like they were Argentinians and they wanted Messi to win. But the common denominator for many, many messages that really moved me was that I, I moved the viewers to, the, to remember you know, their deceased grandparents whom they watched games with, um, uh, you know, when they watched when I did the 1990 World Cup or the 1994 World Cup, and they remember, they remember sitting next to them and, and how they enjoyed, you know, my calls and the games and so forth. I had many, many messages like that that were like, whoa, I didn't know I could provoke uh, those feelings in people. There were many, many Brazilians that wrote me and Every single Brazilian started the message the same way. Even though we have a big <laughs> rivalry between Argentina and Brazilian football, I never cried like I cried with your call of, of Argentina, congratulations, and, and so forth. And mm. I keep getting messages up to this day. Uh, I mean, you know, before people that recognized me would start yelling goal and this and that, now everyone that, that stops me says, man, you made me cry like a baby. Uh, that, that is like 
like really, really amazing and untouching. He made me cry like a baby because you know all of us have been crying. But you know, thirty years with him, I this is what he this was what he wanted. For, right, it was like a culmination. I think if I, I don't want to speak, he's right there next to me. But I, I, this was the perfect um, scenario for him. And then I think the other moment that really touched me the most was when his son joined him in the announce booth. I still get choked up on that one. Man. Oh, I wow. took that video. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we only have a couple minutes left. Anna, can you give us four or five teams that you think have the chance at winning the Women's oh, World Cup? my favorite right now, I think I, I, I still think that U.S. is the team to beat just because even when they don't play well, they know how to win. Uh, but I love England. I mean, that change with those uh, players from one uh, tournament to the next one, it's amazing. And now... Uh, being led by Serena Vickman, which to me, she's the best um, coach in the world. It's like they turn, you know, the switch, like the belief switch, like, yes, we can do this. And, and they just won the Euros. Um, Germany is another one that I think is going to do great. And now um, maybe France, now that they are coached by Irv Renard and that they could, you know, the players are, feel, are feeling comfortable. I don't know if they're going to be ready for the World Cup since he's a new coach. But, I mean, they're a team that they know each other so well. So I think I would say those. I'm a very emotional guy. So <laughs> to be with three people that admit they've been moved to tears recently, you're in the right place with me. And I really appreciate you joining us on Sports Jam. Ana, Eli, and Andres. Continued success. We look for the Women's World Cup on uh, Telemundo Deportes. It is in New Zealand and Australia, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Great to have you on the show. Continued great work. Thank you, Doug. It's a pleasure to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sports Jam is a WBGO news production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also hear Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. And proud to say that last year's show with Andres Cantor has been selected by the Public Media Journalists Association as the best interview podcast in the United States. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game. <laughs>